All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities, strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 71 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Lauren. I'm here with my sister, Renee. Hey, everyone. We have a guest expert for you today. His name is Matteo Franceschetti. He is the CEO and founder of 8Sleep, which is a very, very cool sleep technology. It's actually the number one sleep mattress that uses technology to be able to optimize your sleep environment from managing your bed temperature. It actually is like a whole pretty fancy level of quantification for your sleep and health metrics. It's really, really, really cool. I want to get one so badly, <laughs> yeah, uh, but he, <laughs> he went into a lot of the science of sleep, which is pretty fascinating. I, I think a new term for 
you guys, is going to be thermoregulation. We're going to get into that, what the body does when it sleeps, what temperature most optimal for sleep and why it's different for everybody, right? This is a lot about personalization. So perfect, perfect for our show. Renee? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything that's going to help us optimize sleep, I'm super interested in. Yeah, all the data that you can get from your bed. I think just the idea of having this smart bed, as he calls it, you know, could maybe replace going to the doctor in the future, right? You can just learn so much. And we always say you're sleeping one third of your life. Why not do everything you can to optimize that one third of your life, right? So yeah, I was just like, so impressed by this technology. It's a super sexy, smart bed and can't wait for you guys to listen in. Yeah. And it sounds like they really have thought of everything. Every time we had a new question, he was like, oh yeah, yep. We did that. (laughs) Yeah. Check Check. that box. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. So really excited to get into this. And if you have any questions about eight sleep, please write to us, but resources for the company and for Mateo, who is pretty active on Twitter. You can find that in the show notes. Also, if you're listening to this on our release date, post Thanksgiving, There are some pretty cool deals for eight sleep from Black Friday to Cyber Monday. So check out the show notes for that. Here's his bio before we get started. Matteo Franceschetti has always been obsessed with performance, athletic performance, business performance, and now sleep performance. An athlete from a young age, he was a competitive ski racer in his native Italy and played tennis and raced cars on the European stage. Matteo has always been focused on winning and on winning in record time. That drive to succeed propelled him from sports podiums to the top tier of the international legal world and to start two clean tech companies on two continents all before age 30. Not surprisingly, sleepless nights were a way of life. It was Mateo's quest for more restorative sleep, in fact, that led him to quit his previous life and launch 8Sleep, a New York-based company dedicated to fueling human potential through optimal sleep and to turning the bed into a seamless health platform for improved health performance, and longevity. The path he took to becoming CEO of 8Sleep, however, is as circuitous as the tracks he raced in his youth. I love that. So he's a sleep hacker, right? He's providing solutions for, I think, is the most important part of our health and wellness. So here we go. All things sleep. Cannot wait to get started. Should we bring him on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Mateo, we are so happy to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Amazing. I love it. So Renee and I are both really obsessed with sleep. We can't stop talking about it. And I think if there was only one topic we could talk about for the rest of our lives, it would be sleep because we know sleep and good sleep hygiene really is critical for health and wellness because that's when our bodies recover, right? So we're definitely into hacking and optimizing our sleep. And we know that you are too. So I'd love to hear how you became fascinated or motivated by this topic. Like, why is sleep so important to you as well? Yeah, two two things happened in my life. When I was a teenager, I was um, I was an athlete. I was playing tennis tournaments and doing ski races. So I have always been into sport and recovery performance. Then I became first a lawyer and, and then finally an entrepreneur. And I was the typical entrepreneur working long hours, going to, to sleep uh, pretty late and waking up early. And um, at a certain point, I started wondering why Elon Musk is taking me to Mars, but I still spend a third of my life on a piece of uh, dumb foam. And why <laughs> there is no technology in my bed, right? We just expect that I go to bed, I fall asleep on my own, and my body recovers on its own. And um, 
And so at a certain point, I, I thought, why I don't, why, why shouldn't I tackle this problem? Yeah, yeah were you exactly. waking up not feeling well, recovered? Did you have any, like, uh, I guess, low points in your health and wellness? Yeah, so two things happen. So at first, uh, at first, I have what is called restless legs. So you have this feeling that you need to move your legs in the middle of the night, sort of cramps, and there is not a real solution. And so I wake up a couple of times per night. I just need to get out of bed, and then I can go back. And second, I started wondering, why do I need to sleep eight hours? Who say that is eight hours? And I started reading a lot of clinical papers, and I understood that there is no real reason. The, the reason or the point is you need to get a certain amount of deep sleep and REM. And to get that amount, uh, very likely your body will need eight hours. And so I started, that is the moment when I started thinking, okay, can I compress sleep? which now is part of our North Stars. And we, we can talk about that more. Yeah. Okay. I have to say, it's so nice to meet an entrepreneur that prioritizes sleep because for so long it was, you know, let's get by by with three or four hours of sleep and just keep driving through the day. So I love that you prioritize sleep. So thermoregulation is something we actually haven't really talked about much on this show. And I know you're an expert in that area. So I definitely want to touch on that. You know, we've given the basic sleep hygiene right? Turn your thermostat down for people when they go to bed. But that's really the basic tip that we've told people. So can you share a little bit more about that? Like what, there's so many questions I have on this topic, you know, what temperature should it be? Is it different for everyone? Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah. So thermoregulation is a game changer for sleep. If you forget sleep medical disorders, temperature is the biggest factor impacting your sleep quality. And the reason is, your body temperature changes during the day based on your circadian cycle, and it changes during the night. So when you hear people saying, oh, you should sleep at 68 degrees the whole night, that is wrong. 68 degrees might be right for five minutes during the night, but might be wrong for the rest of the time because your body temperature keeps changing. So here is what you need. You need a temperature at the beginning that is not too cold to fall asleep. And the reason is, if it's too cold, your heart rate will accelerate to warm up your extremities. So if you're in an environment that is too cold, you don't fall asleep because your heart rate is accelerated. Once you fall asleep, the first part of the night is about deep sleep, mainly this deep sleep. And that is the time where you need the coldest environment. The second part of the night is about REM. In REM, you need a completely different setup that is called thermal neutrality. So essentially, you want to be in an environment that is not hot or is not cold. Because when you are in REM, your brain deactivates temperature control in the body. And so if the brain fears that it's too cold or too hot and that you could die, it will not let you get into REM. Oh, wow. Interesting. So you need different temperature settings. And then in our case with the pod, we also use thermoregulation to wake you up. And so, for example, I cool my bed and my body to wake up because by cooling the environment, I accelerate my heart rate. And so I get out of REM and deep sleep and I start waking up naturally before my alarm goes off. Hmm. Wow. So just setting your thermostat to one temperature for the night is not really the answer. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like 
people go to bed and probably don't wake up with the same clothing on. Maybe if you go to bed with a sweatshirt, it's probably tossed on the floor (laughs) at some point. Right. And I've experienced that too. I like to go to bed a little bit warmer in the middle of the night. I get really hot, but by the time I'm waking up in the morning, I'm like, Oh man, it's a little cold. So I'm curious, like if we go back in time, like as we were evolving as humans before we had beds and mattresses and we were sleeping on the ground in nature, how were we affected by, was there like thermoregulation of the earth? Like how were we affected before we had technology and, and homes and. Yeah. So if you think oversimplified, but if you think of the night, right, the, the night gets colder. So you, you know the, the the human beings were falling asleep immediately after you know, the, the the sun was gone, and at that time it was not as cold as it is at midnight or one a.m. And then in the second part of the night, when you are in in, in REM, is when the the sun starts rising, and so it starts getting warmer to the point when then you wake up. So if you think in terms of a U curve for the temperature is the same U-curve that you would have if you were sleeping outside. Obviously, our body is much more sophisticated, and so technology like the pod can be much more granular in what you need. So camping is really great for us. (laughs) (laughs) Always back to nature. So the mattress then is able to detect your body temperature and can match what you need in the moment. Yeah. So wow. the, the bed has two core features, right? One is thermoregulation, which is what we're talking about. So the, the, this ability to adjust the temperature for each side of the bed anywhere between 55 and 110 degrees. So you and your partner can sleep at different temperatures. This is really important because 50% of the couples, they fight around temperature. And the reason right. is <laughs> temperature is different for gender, it's different for age, it's different for body fat, it's different for metabolism. So what works for you is extremely unlikely to work for me. So thermoregulation is one thing. But the key of thermoregulation is to have the data to be able to adjust it based on what you need. And so the pod comes with embedded sensors. Uh, imagine that you are substantially sleeping on a stethoscope, over simplified, a Wi-Fi connected stethoscope. And we pick everything about your heart rate, HRV, heart rate at rest, respiration, so snoring in the future sleep apnea, and everything about your sleep. So sleep stages, sleep quality, toss and turns, wake ups. Based on all these factors, plus your preferences, we can uh, we use machine learning and artificial intelligence to adjust the temperature for you. Do you typically see between men and women, like do men t- typically need colder or is it really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. T- usually men tend to feel hot at night and so they want a colder environment while instead the women um, tend to feel uh, cold and they want a warmer environment. These changes in menopause because they have hot flashes. And so at that point, they want a very cold environment as well. Right, right. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So you just briefly mentioned a couple of the things that the bed measures. So heart rate, we know heart rate variability, temperature, what else is it looking at? Respiration which in this moment of COVID is really important, right? And includes even snoring. And then we can see sleep stages, toss and turns, wake-ups, and in general, sleep quality. But the key for us is, so we have two North Stars as a company. On one side, we want to compress the sleep. So what if you could sleep only six hours and get more rest than when you were sleeping eight hours? 
And I can tell you more about how we want to achieve that. The second thing is we want to become a sort of medical-grade device. So what if going to bed was more valuable than going to a doctor for a checkup? Think of we will be able to tell you or see arrhythmia. We will be able to be able we will be able to predict if you're getting sick. We will be able to see if you snore or if you have early signs of sleep apnea. So all these will happen in the next few years because it's really already happening in our backend and in our labs. And the end goal is to save lives. Yeah, I mean, if you can predict sleep apnea, that alone is such a game changer. I think so many people have no idea that they have sleep apnea. Yeah. Correct. So, I yeah. think a third of the people who have sleep apnea, they don't even know to have, they have it. Oh, sure. Yeah, unless you have a partner that hears your disordered breathing, that's it's pretty common for it to go undiagnosed or unnoticed. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So <laughs> just by sleeping on the mattress, you're essentially seeing the doctor, you're quantifying your own health metrics and you're optimizing all in one. Yeah. I don't think it can get better than that. Yeah. So in and the morning, what, what are you seeing stat-wise in the morning? And then is the app... So it's controlled by an app, correct? And then is the yeah. app guiding you to adjust the settings for your next night so over time, you're just getting better and better? Exactly. So you have all your metrics. You have what is called sleep score, which is a summary of your sleep quality. But you can see all the details, you know, how much deep you got, you got how much RAM you got, the light, toss and turns respiration, heart rate, you receive notifications when your HRV is outside its normal range. And so it means that you might be super refreshed or it means that you know, you're probably tired and you had a bad night or you didn't recover from, from the workout of the previous day. So we, we send you a push notification. Now we are also internally testing push notification when you need to adjust the temperature. This can be based on weather or bedroom temperature. So we notify you and we say, look, based on your habits, you should adjust your temperature to this setting because the bedroom temperature changes or because there is a heat wave. But we are also working on new modes based on your health. So let's say that there is a certain temperature setting that helps you fall asleep faster or a certain temperature setting that gives you more deep sleep. All this is part of our machine learning models and is already under development. And you mentioned sleep efficiency. Have you personally seen this, that with using all these hacks, you can be in bed for less time and get better sleep? Yeah. So right now where we are already seeing results is in the, in the time to fall asleep, right? And so you're saving a certain amount. We help you to fall asleep, I don't know, 10, 15% faster. Other things where we are already impactful is we, we are able, on average, obviously, uh, to reduce the number of toss and turns by around 30% and also the number of wake-ups. So all these things, they compound. And so maybe today you can just get the same rest in 20 minutes less, let's say, as, as an example. Tomorrow, the goal is to be able to do it with two hours less. Right. So what if we can move your average sleep time from eight hours to six without compromising your health or without compromising your energy? You have two hours back that you can spend with your loved ones or in your professional career. Yeah. I mean, we could all use more time. Yeah. This is music to my ears because I, I know that my REM sleep really... Well, this is common for most people. The REM sleep ramps up towards the end of the night. So a lot of times I'm pushing 
my time in bed, I want just a little bit more because I want more REM. I want to go through another sleep cycle or two. And if I could condense that, that would, (laughs) I mean, I would be more productive during my day. I would just being able to optimize those hours in bed. And Renee and I have been tracking our sleep for years now. And I notice, you know, my time in bed versus my time asleep, there's a drastic difference. So I'm assuming that those numbers become more aligned. Exactly. Yeah. So we, the, the, the whole point of sleep compression is to really improve your, your efficiency, your performance. Because the, the hypothesis that we have here is you need eight hours because you need uh, around 50% oversimplified of light sleep. But light sleep is not the best part of your sleep. It's just an, an inefficiency of your body to transition between all the different phases. And so if we can compress light sleep, maintaining the same amount of deep and REM, that is how you can sleep less, but get the same amount of rest and efficiency. So cool. And is there an alarm feature? Like, is there something in the tech that will wake you up in the morning so you don't have to rely on a phone or alarm clock or like a really aggressive sound? Yes. When we started the company five years ago, the first thing people wanted was thermoregulation and we built it. And the second they wanted was an alarm that could wake them up without sound because everyone hates sound in the morning, in particular if you're <laughs> yeah. in deep or REM. <laughs> yeah. And so we build that. And so now we use thermoregulation and a vibration to wake you up. So 30, Whoa. 40 minutes before, we start changing the temperature of the bed to wake you up and we take you outside you know, from out of REM or deep. And then at the time you have set, there is also a gentle vibration that will wake you up and there is no sound at all. That's great. So you pretty much say, okay, I have to be up by seven and then the bed will do the math and get you up in time. Actually this morning, my alarm woke me up mid dream. Like I think I was in REM sleep and it was so jarring. Oh, that's the worst. That's uh, the worst. Like when I have like slept like 10 more minutes and finished that dream, that would have been great. But yeah, that's fascinating. And you mentioned, so heart rate variability I guess, so it's measuring, well, it's measuring your heart rate. So it can obviously measure the variation and you're able to see an increase in HRV over time with using this. Yeah. So the, I think the key, the key thing of our product compared to wearables is you don't have to wear anything. You don't have to charge anything. And the beauty is our customers, then they keep using our product for six to eight years, which is a retention that is extremely unlikely for uh, um, for wearables. The beauty of all this means that we start seeing how you're aging and we see how your heart rate is changing, right? Your heart rate today is probably different from your heart rate in three years from now. And obviously we also dig into your HRV and we created all these notifications that can let you know as soon as you wake up how refreshed you are and how hard you can work out and train today. This will help you to decide, okay, do I train hard or not? Do I have risk of injuries or anything like that? Um, all these factors are correlated to HRV. I'm just curious, do you use anything else to track or quantify your own data? Yeah. So I, I, I use an All the wearables. <laughs> Wrists up. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every wearable. Uh, I use it or someone in the team uses it. We have a product meeting every morning at 9 a.m. where we compare our data to everyone else's data. That is very cool. cool. 
Wait, so you have an Apple yeah. Watch? Is there something on your other wrist? Yeah, uh, from Whoop to Aura. And then we also have medical-grade devices here at the office. And so we have a medical-grade EKG to compare to the real you know, medical-grade um, heart rate monitoring system. And then we also have other devices for respiration. Very cool. So what's the variation in, I guess, uh, what's the word? Like how accurate is it? So we know like with Aura and Whoop, there's about like a 15 to 20% discrepancy with HRV. Using the medical devices, are you able to to shorten that gap? Yes. So we really use medical grade devices as a truth data, as a gold standard. And uh, we are within one heartbeat per minute accuracy compared to a medical grade device. That's amazing. As we know, like their wearables are exploding on the market right now, but it's like if you compare one to the next, you get completely different data sometimes and it's it's hard to know what to trust. And so then you like add another wearable and then you're just cross-referencing all these devices. So that's that's really awesome. I'm really curious. So Mateo, you're an entrepreneur. You must travel a lot. What do you do when you travel? Yeah. I'm pretty obsessed with my sleep when I travel. So I'm I'm based in New York, but I go to Silicon Valley a lot, at least before COVID. And so when I go there, I tend to wake up at the same time. I wake up in New York, which means really, really early there. Uh, and then I also go to bed at the same time, which means going to bed early. But I really, I'm really obsessed with my sleep hygiene. And in general, I use any device for performance. So we can talk about that from, from recovery boots, to magnesium, to you know, blue wave glasses, cold showers, ice bath. I, I, I do everything you can think of. But yeah, sleep hygiene is key for me because that is where I find the energy. And so wherever I travel, I try to take care of that plus my fitness. Uh, and what about the bed that you're sleeping on? Is there anything that you can do? I mean, you're not traveling with the mattress. How do you ensure that your bed feels just as good as it does at home? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does know, it does not, it sucks, yeah. and, but it, it's a good reminder of how important is what we do. Um, sure. Because wh- when I travel, uh, then I start feeling super hot in, in these beds. It's like, you know, if you think like a car without um, AC and it seems to go back like 30 years ago, now, now the same happens to me when, when, uh, when I travel with a bed that is dumb. And actually, the, the number one aha moment for our customers is the first time they travel. That is when they write us the most. Because thermoregulation is so natural that after a week, you don't almost notice it anymore. But the first time that you travel and you are in a dumb bed that just gets warmer and warmer during the night, you immediately realize how much you miss your thoughts. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I I actually love sleeping in hotels because there's almost always blackout curtains and the AC is pumping. But you know, they'll put like seven layers on the bed and it does. The mattress warms up over the night. But at least we start pretty chilly. But that is interesting. You just create more and more value the more that you're away from your home. Yeah. Yeah. I've even noticed just with the comfort of the bed, like I worked very hard to make sure my bed at home is super comfortable. And actually recently, even my husband and I, so we were in Las Vegas and we did a little staycation. We went to one of the casinos on, on the strip and I slept horribly. The AC wasn't working great. There were like random lights in there. The bed was uncomfortable. So we ended up checking out early and just going home the second night. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because I missed my bed so much. Yeah. If you don't have the AC, there's not much you can do to help that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's pretty tricky. One interesting thing is in our vision, we want to control all the environmental factors, right? So temperature is just the beginning. So we have data, and then based on your data, we control the whole environmental factor. We started with temperature, but then we will get into light and noise and oxygen and humidity, air quality. And so there will be a point soon in the next few years where we will the whole environment at home will be personalized based on your circadian cycle and your sleep stages. And at that point, going to an hotel will be even harder. I love that. The future technology coming soon. Never going to want to (laughs) travel. I know. But it's cool. I mean, the personalization is everything. That's why we started this podcast because every body, every person is so unique. So if you can't personalize, like you're really losing out. So that's really awesome. Yeah. I'm just curious with the mattress and your wearables, what else have you learned about your sleep? Like with nutrition, alcohol, caffeine, is there anything that was like really surprising to you that you were just trying to learn about sleep, but you actually uh, got funneled yeah. into something else? Yeah, I changed my nutrition a lot. So now it's two years, I'm on a keto and it's I think around 18 months that I stopped drinking. So alcohol, huge, huge impact. So first it has an impact on your HRV and your heart rate at rest. Second, it has an impact on your sleep stages. And third, it has an impact on your body temperature. Particularly as you get older, uh, you will feel the alcohol more and more. So I decided to cut it completely, and I feel way better. If you still drink, which obviously is completely fine, my advice is uh, try to stop drinking three to four hours before going to bed. Based on our data, that is the time that you need to kind of to offset most of the, the negative effects of, uh, of alcohol. Caffeine, caffeine, the other thing we have noticed, but in reality, it applies also to alcohol. Everything is extremely personal. So alcohol could be extremely impactful for me, but maybe it's not for you. Same for, for caffeine. I personally stop drinking coffee every day, eight to 10 hours before going to bed. So pretty, pretty early in the day. I just have coffee in the morning. But we have some customers, some users that they can take coffee at 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and they still sleep like a baby, which goes back to the personal thing. Everything is so personal, and I'm becoming so tired when I just uh, read this general rule that should apply to everyone in the world. Um, That's not true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Renee and I both, we got a, a pretty significant heart rate elevation and increase in body temp when we drink. And I mean, increasing or sorry, decreasing the temperature in our rooms helps, but there's nothing that really can solve time <laughs> between drinks and going to bed. But our we know our mom loves caffeine and she can drink espresso at 10 p.m. and hit the pillow and be absolutely fine. And I look at her like she's crazy, but... Yeah. Yeah. I was actually out with her. I was out with her the other night and she had a cup of coffee. I think it was eight o'clock, eight o'clock at night. And she slept fine. And I was over there worried about the coffee that I had at three o'clock that day, like three o'clock for me. And I was worried I wasn't going to sleep. So yeah, it's so different for everyone. So Mateo, what other biohacks have you found? You kind of rambled off like some cold plunges or cold showers and what other things have been really impactful for sleep and I guess overall health. Yeah. So on, uh, let's go one by one. So health is really based on three pillars, right? It's based on nutrition, is on exercise and sleep. We spoke about sleep, thermoregulation is key and sleep hygiene is key. Second, on nutrition, I'm on a keto diet. 
I have been for a couple of years. I don't drink and I fast almost every day. So I usually fast 23 hours every day, except the weekends when I tend to have like a, I do a 16-8 fasting, mainly because I want to have sort of brunch with my wife uh, more than anything else. And even fasting is really personal. So for example, she cannot fast. We use levels to monitor our glucose levels. And we saw that her glucose levels were dropping. And that's why she was unable to fast. While instead, in my case, my glucose level stays flat and perfect the whole time. Then in terms of exercise, I do high-intensity interval training and weightlifting. Those are the two big things, plus some mobility exercise. In terms of tools, I use melatonin. From time to time, once a week, I use magnesium to relax my muscles almost every night. I use Normatec uh, boots to compress my legs after training. That helps me also to fall asleep. It really relaxes. I love to do sauna and ice bath when I'm in a hotel, if I find it. That kind of uh, thermal shock is really good to relax and, and distress my body. And then I use uh, blue wave glasses at night and all my lights turn uh, orange before going to bed. I love all of those biohacks. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, especially the first one you said, so we've used levels as well. I'm currently using levels and we both have learned so much. And it's funny, our last few experts have all been proponents of fasting. I fast once a week and I'm like you, my glucose actually is way more stable when I'm fasting, but I do keep an eye on it. And as soon as it starts to drop, which is usually like around hour 20, then, you know, if I start to see it go down, I, I know it's time to break it, but so personal. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. Exactly. Yeah. And I was always pushing my wife, why you don't, why don't you fast? You know, try to be more <laughs> diligent. And after we use levels, so I immediately realized she can't and she shouldn't because you know her glucose right. level will below the minimum and so it would have been dangerous and that is what reinforced you know this concept i have of everything should be personalized what i eat how i eat how often i eat all that cannot be generalized yeah yeah and you can't know that without data because with fasting a lot of us just rely on the physiological symptoms like the feelings of hunger and survival and sometimes you really do feel like you need food but maybe you don't or maybe your body's intuition is correct but how do you know unless you're tracking it so powerful yeah mateo i'm like your wife i saw a drop in my glucose in the middle of the night so just adding a little snack at 9 p.m. i ended yes. up getting much better sleep stable glucose good deep sleep REM sleep yeah, which is interesting because we're always trying to avoid food at night, but in this case, it actually is helpful. Just a little, like, yeah. you know, I, I say maybe a tablespoon of nut butter and a teaspoon of honey, maybe some MCT oil, which I originally heard from Dave Asprey. But yeah, I was trying to fast, you know, 14, 16 hours, but that drop, you know, if it's preventing me from sleeping well, then I, I can't do that. So yeah. Yeah, the same happens to her. She has this drop in the middle of the night where all the values, they go below the minimum, the recommended minimum. Yeah. And did she see a change in her sleep quality with that? One thing we have noticed is that sometimes we both wake up at the time where we have the minimum glucose levels in the middle of the night. So we we didn't analyze data or create correlations yet with glucose. But my first intuition is that there is a correlation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. It usually happens at the end of your REM cycle. So you tend to... Exactly. Come alert. Yeah. So cool that we can know all of this. I love it. So I'm just curious about the company. 
Eight Sleep. So you're based out of New York. Uh, I've, I've seen your storefront many times. I've walked by. People can come in and try out the bed. What is that experience like? So, I mean, you can come and you try thermoregulation. So you can see how one side can be really hot and the other really cold. Again, each side can be set at a temperature between 55 and 110 degrees. So one really warm and one really cold or whatever you prefer. And then you see the all the data, right? So as you lie in bed, we, you can immediately see your heart rate, your respiration. Um, and then you can also try the vibration alarm to wake up naturally in the morning. Just yeah. takes mattress uh, experimentation to a new level. So I I keep saying mattress, but it's actually just a pad that goes on top of your mattress. Is that correct? So we have, it comes in two form factors. One is the whole mattress. So it just gets shipped to your home. You can buy it on our website, apesleep.com. Or you can buy the cover and the cover can be, is a way to install our technology onto any mattress. So it retrofits any mattress between 10 and 16 inches. Um, and Very so it's cool. up to you if you want a fully integrated solution or you just want to make your, your dumb bed smart. I love that. The yeah. dumb bed. <laughs> I need a smart bed. Yeah. Yeah. So circling back to the respiration rate, does that also change throughout the night? Yes, it, it does. In particular, if you're dreaming or not dreaming, that, that is when you see the, the, the changes. Then from a from a numerical standpoint, the, the, the change is usually pretty minimal. And now, obviously, with COVID, we see spikes in your heart rate, but that usually means you're, you're sick and you might have COVID. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you guys doing any studies with COVID? Is there any way to track that with users that have eight sleep? That'd be really interesting. So, I know, like, like Aura is doing a study, Whoop's doing a study. That'd be really yeah. cool to have the matchup. Yeah, so... The, the, that is the direction we are going for because with our type of technology that is called piezo sensors, we can be pretty accurate in detecting respiration. And if you have COVID, really, you know, your, your respiration can, bo- can go above 14, 15, 16. And so the delta, the magnitude is so big compared to your average that it should be pretty evident. And so the, the key is to validate uh, our data against uh, gold standards. So awesome. So just another random question. I'm curious. What is your sleep chronotype? Do you know? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I like to go to sleep early, somewhere around 9, 30, 10, because usually in theory from 10 to 12 is one of the best times for your body to, to sleep from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. And then I wake up uh, really early, so I wake up around 6. Now, since March, I started sleeping nine hours a day. And I started seeing a lot of benefits across all my biometrics, in particular HRV. And so uh, I really try to increase the amount of uh, time uh, asleep. So when you say nine hours, is that the time you're in bed? Are you actually getting full nine hours of sleep? Both because I go to bed, I fall asleep. Um, I have inefficiency because of restless legs. And so I tend to wake up a couple of times and uh, I'm the I'm the type of person who tosses and turns a lot. So my sleep efficiency is not great. And so out of the nine hours, I probably only get eight and a half. But before I was getting seven and a half, seven forty-five, And so uh, it's, it's a considerable amount that I'm getting now. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I will say last night I checked my sleep data. Well, this morning I checked it. And I lost 45 minutes of sleep time like that I was in bed and I'm like, that was 45 minutes of like precious time. I really could have used that, but I guess just, (laughs) yeah, tossing and turning, waking up, you know, 
also going to bed too late, but <laughs> yeah, the number of times that I wake up and it's solely due to temperature, like oh, if you could just get back that, that time and adjust it. Yeah. I'm so fascinated. I think this technology is really, I don't know, it's next level and I wish we could just <laughs> install them everywhere immediately. Yeah. Just think if everyone had, you know, this mattress, a CGM, I don't know what else. Like, I mean, that would be such a game changer for the entire world for health. Yeah. I mean, I you need to be able to measure everything to then personalize uh, each of the three pillars of health, right? Your exercise, your yeah. sleep, and your nutrition. We need to have the data. And that is what will have an impact on our health and lifespan. Yeah. Right. Lifespan. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Our health span now, they say. Yeah. 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 Long, healthy life. Mateo, amazing. You <laughs> just gave us so information. You're so efficient. Thank you for answering all of our questions. We would love to know if you have one piece of advice for our audience. We'd like to ask this at the end. If there's one thing that we can start working on right now, today, without a mattress, <laughs> what can we do to optimize our health and wellness or just lifestyle? I would say for sleep is definitely sleep hygiene. Uh, consistency is the first thing that any sleep doctor would strongly recommend. So tend to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time, so also during the weekends. That is how you train and you, and you coach your body to wake up always at the same time naturally at the point where you don't need the alarm anymore. If you can, think about quitting alcohol because you will see benefits in heart rate and HRV and sleep quality. And the other big thing for me is, uh, is really fasting. I love all of that advice, especially the consistency I've seen. It's been a game changer for me. I don't need an alarm anymore. It's actually so accurate that the end of daylight savings time actually kind of messed me up, right? I was waking up an hour earlier, but it's really nice to not have to rely on that alarm. Your body just wakes up when when you know you're done. So that's a huge one. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Mateo. I can't wait to release this episode and I can't wait to keep hacking my sleep with all this amazing technology. So thank you so much for sharing this with everyone. Thanks yeah, to so you if you for wanted, having me. Thank you. So if you want to find out more about 8sleep, check out the resources, but 8sleep is the website. You are on Twitter, correct? We'll share that link yeah, for people M, to check out. Yeah. I'm like Mateo underscore the, the last name which is pretty long, so I'm, I'm not going to say it. But yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty active there. And we invite all our users to, to reach out directly to me there uh, for any questions. Awesome. And if you're in New York, you can come try out 8sleep. Is it open currently? Right now, with COVID, it's not. Uh, but if you are in Manhattan and you reach out to us, we can figure out uh, something for you. I love that. Amazing. All right, Mateo, we appreciate you so much and we hope everyone has the best night of sleep after listening to this episode. (laughs) Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.